Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Can you even handle how cute their voices are? OMG. Hey everyone, my name is Kelly Hutchison and this is episode one of Harmony in the Home podcast. I mean, how is this even happening? I am literally sitting, I made a studio in my closet because I'm like, I have misophonia and so the sound had to be like crystal clear and the acoustics in my car and in my closet were the two best. And so I have like a table. You are literally listening to me and I am in between my rompers and my robes. I mean, this is amazing. So like I said, my name is Kelly Hutchison and I love this topic so much, pretty much because I'm obsessed with kids. I love kids. I've always worked with kids. Kids are my passion. I feel like we all have a little kid in us. And so I want to be able to help more moms because I know if I'm helping the moms, then I can help the dads. And then I am the moms or the dads are the gateways to the children. So like my cute little kid said in the intro, um, I've spent a lot of time in different schools and had a lot of experience with different types of kids. And so I've worked in a lot of different schools and a lot of different kids, and I've had a lot of different experiences. And in the end, I've realized that all kids are kids. They're all the same. They're all the same on the inside. And sometimes their behaviors and the things they're showing on the outside are different. But I've realized after working with so many students and so many kids and so many demographics that all kids are the same and they just want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want control over their life. They want the reins to their life. And so I just loved working in the schools and I loved, I was a teacher, I was a counselor. So I thought when I went into the parenting experience and the parent relationship, I thought it was going to be kind of easy for me because I had so much experience with kids. As a counselor, I was seeing very severe behavior problems. And when I was in the classroom, the kids and I just had magic together. So I thought when I became a parent, it was going to be kind of easy. And our journey to parenthood was very difficult, riddled with infertility and heartbreak and miscarriages and just so much yearning and so much praying and in vitro and failed in vitro attempts. And just so it was such a long journey to become a parent. So I thought, okay, well, that's our, our cross to bear. When I was upset about it, David would always say, well, everyone has their cross to bear and this is our cross to bear. And that always really helped me. And so I thought once the kids were here, then we were just going to like swing on the swings and like slide down rainbows and sing Kumbaya. Because if I could handle 20 first graders, then one little baby and two little babies are going to be a walk in the park. So I have two kids. I have Lily, who was born in 2008, and Grady, who was born in 2010. And I say the years because I'm not sure when you're going to be listening to this. Um, so you can kind of do the math of how old they are. And... I walked into parenthood 
And I was like a fish out of water. I was like, this is so hard. I was so stressed out all the time. I was like snappy turtle. I was, um, my sister took this picture of me and I'll, I'll post in the show notes. And I remember it was like, she was doing a photo shoot for me. She's an incredible photographer. She was doing a, like a spring picture of just the kids. And so I had, Lily was probably around three and Grady was probably around one. And she took this picture of me and I'm scolding Lily and I'm like, Grady's like at my feet and like, I'm changing his diaper in the midway. And my face is so angry and so like mad. And I was like, who is that? I didn't even recognize myself in the picture. And I swore, I was like, Jennifer, don't you ever show that to anyone. I cannot believe that. She's like, oh my God, it was funny. You were, you know, of course kids are going to, I'm like, no, I'm, that is not the way I want to represent. That's not the way I want to show up. But I also knew that that's how I felt more times than not. I knew that I was sleeping with so much mommy guilt almost every single night. So I would cry myself to sleep. I would talk to David, my husband, and I'd say, there's something that they need from me that I can't give them. And I would say, I think I'm a better teacher and I'm a better counselor than I am a mom. I mean, for me in the schools, I had like this magic between the kids But with my own two kids, just two, when I could manage 20, my own two, I was like this snappy turtle and I was walking on eggshells all the time. And our stress level in our home was like an eight or a nine on the regular. I was so secretly resentful that my kids weren't easier. And I blamed them for so many years. I was like, I think I was like Googling things on Baby Center and I'm like sending it to David. I'm like, I think Lily might have this. I was sure she was like social anxiety disorder. I had all these labels. I sure had, I thought for sure Grady had ADD or ADHD. Like they had two different ways of showing their negative behaviors where Lily was like, poor me. Nobody loves me. Cry pout. Cried literally around the clock. I felt like. And then Grady was like this explosive, like mad stomping, throwing things and spitting and hitting kind of kid. So I was like, I had this explosive anger from one and then this crying, feel sorry for myself from the other. And it was like that more than it wasn't. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And here's the thing. I had buckets and buckets and years and years of strategies. My tool belt was chock full of strategies of what to do. I knew a lot of different things. Cause I, in my classroom, I had students that I remember I was six months. This was like a defining moment in my life. I had a student, I was six months pregnant with Grady. He was a kindergartner. I had to remove him from the classroom cause he was being disruptive. And I remember pulling him out of the classroom with my walkie talkie. And I remember he pulled me down to the ground and I fell to the ground and my walkie talkie went flying. So I had no way to call for help. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is this is unbelievable. Like this kid is really struggling. Like all I was worried about was the kid. I was like, this kid's really having some, like, we need to get some help for this kid. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I saw it for what it was. But yet if my kids like interrupted me on the phone, I was, I was, I remember I was on a phone call with Lily's speech teacher and I'm sharing all this and I'm trying to be super vulnerable to show you this journey to show you that you can go from where I was to where I am now, which I'm going to get to. And so I'm on the, going back to the, the being on the phone. I remember being on the phone. I was 
at, in the mall parking lot and Lily had speech services and she had a speech teacher coming over to the house. Her name was Sue Levy. She was phenomenal. And I hadn't even met her yet. And so I'm leaving a message for Sue. And as I'm leaving the message, and we've never even spoken about this. So Sue, if you're listening, you're probably like, uh, yeah, I remember this. Life-changing moment. So I'm leaving a message for Sue. I'm like, hi, Sue, this is Kelly Hutchison, and I'm leaving. I can't wait to meet you. And, you know, we're usually home, and this day's a lot. And I'm leaving the message, and Lily's in the back going, mommy, 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 open my straw, do this. Like, so much interruption. And in our house, it was like I was so controlling, and I was so, like, I was – some parents are super permissive, and some people are super controlling. I was super controlling plus more controlling than that. And I – we had a rule, and you follow the rules, and the rule was you don't interrupt when mommy's on the phone. So she's in the background. She's in the background. And so I'm leaving the message for Sue. And then when I'm done, um, I hang up. And then I'm like, li- and I just let Lily have it. I was like, listen, blah, blah, blah. And my voice changed and everything. Like I just kind of became like bitter critter. I was like angry Annie. And I'm pretty much going off on her about reviewing the rules and what's the expectation. Blah. And I looked down at the phone and I hadn't hung up the phone it was like that episode from Friends where they like leave a message and they try to break into the apartment to try to like, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And you know all I cared about? I cared about what Sue thought about me versus what Lily thought about me. And so it this went on for many, many years. And I just felt like there's just something I'm missing because I have read every single book. It took us six years of waiting to have children. So I was reading and reading and reading what to expect when you're expecting, what to, how to have a toddler. Like I was reading before, like how to have a school-aged child and I wasn't even pregnant yet. And then I had to read so many books for my master's and so many books for my undergrad and so many books as a teacher. And I went to so many trainings and I literally, I was like, listen, it clearly cannot be me because, um... This, it, this is not me. This is, this is all them. And I blamed and I blamed and I blamed and I blamed. And I was using love and logic. Love and logic wasn't working. And I'm a big love and logic lover. And then I read the book, The Conscious Parent, and everything clicked for me. And I'm going to spend my life paying it forward because I could feel the difference in our home practically immediately because everything clicked. And I'm going to tell you the the journey in the story in the river of misery I had to go from from there to here. And Lily to this day will say, I remember my mom when she was not a conscious parent and what was life was like and it was awful. And I'm like, you know what? I agree. I agree with her. It was stressful. It was not as much fun as I wanted to have. Like I had so much fun as a teacher with my students. I was doing cartwheels if they all brought their homework in on Friday. Like I would wear clown costumes to school. I would wear one of those uh, rainbow colored wigs if they, you know, if they were all reading a hundred sight words by the end of January, let's say. I had so much fun with them and I was not having any fun as a mom. And I was so stressed out all the time. I couldn't even have fun. And I was like waiting by the door for David to get home so I could like tap out and run to Walgreens. And he'd be like, well, if you need something from Walgreens, I can grab it. I'm like, no, I need tampons. Because I knew that was one thing he couldn't buy. He wouldn't buy. He'd be like, okay, you, you got you got that. And so I would just walk around Walgreens just flubbing my lips. And so this, this transformation that I felt in, in our home 
was life-changing because Lily now defines her life into two parts as life before conscious parenting and life after conscious parenting. And I didn't even know what conscious parenting was. I didn't even know it was a thing. But what I realized is that when I was in the schools, I was a conscious teacher. And I'm going to go into what that means. And I'm going to spend this podcast just teaching you all the strategies. And so the cool thing that's happened is I started sharing a lot of this and I run a free parenting boot camp every single month where I go into this in ev- even greater detail. And I started sharing that and the parenting boot camp just took off and it was had legs of its own because I felt so happy in my own home in the stress level when it used to be like an eight or a nine, it would dip down to a one or a two. I'd be like, oh, I wonder how long this is going to last. And then it was like it flipped. The stress level in our home went from like a one or a two on the regular and it would dip up, uh, fly up to an eight or a nine. But I didn't really care because I knew it was just going to be, it was over before it started and it was just like a blip on the radar. And I'm actually encouraging those moments now, which I'm going to talk about in another podcast. So I started doing the parenting boot camp and I started sharing and I started filling out survey, having moms and dads fill out surveys and like, what, what is the need? What is the pain point? What's your stress? What are you stressed about? Tell me, tell me all the things. Cause I was able to help now on such a clearer level. And literally this email comes in my inbox 150 times an hour. It feels like not really, but I'm a little bit of an exaggerator. Here's an example, Kelly. I'm having such big issues with Shelby lately. I feel like I'm failing every single day. I love her so much, but it's just so hard being a mom. I don't feel good enough. I'm doing everything wrong with my words and yelling. I can't stop yelling, but she won't listen. So I have to yell and scream. And then I feel guilty. I cry myself to sleep because of the shame and guilt. I'm trying so hard to control my temper, but I don't know how. Some of the things she says are so hurtful and makes me so angry that I react to it. I just wish she would listen to me and then I wouldn't have to yell. I don't know how to fix this. Can you help? Literally, I'm telling you, I know for a fact that I was put on this planet to answer that email and help so many moms because I know when I help the moms, I'm helping the kids and when I can help the dads. And so I love the podcast idea because... I'm able to reach so many more people because when I was working in the schools, I loved doing parent nights and I loved having parent conferences, but my reach was only so far. My reach was the parents that could come, that could take off the work, that had childcare. And when I would have parent conferences, you know, it was over in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, then the bell would ring. And so I just realized that God has given me this gift to help people and blown the doors off my classroom because there's people from Belgium, Sylvania, Switzerland, Australia reaching out to me, the United States, I mean, all over reaching out to me saying, Kelly, help me. And I love helping people. I love help. I love being able to answer that email. And I love being able to help dads too, because I know sometimes dads are intimidated and dads are doing the best that they can do. And they're repeating a lot of the behaviors and traits and things that they saw when they were a kid. And we're repeating a lot of stuff that happened when we were kids because we don't know any different. Even if we read the book, it's so much different when you're in the relationship and you're in that heated moment, in that messy moment, as I like to call it. And so I love the podcast idea because if I do Facebook lives on the, in the parenting bootcamp, which I love doing, if I talk for 20 minutes, then it locks you out of your phone where you can't even check an email. Like you're locked and loaded to listen to me. And sometimes I can get a long, little long winded. So I love that I can do the podcast. And also I listen to podcasts. I mean, I'm obsessed with podcasts. 
because I love that I can speed up the speaker. And sometimes I speak so fast that I don't know if you're going to ever be able to listen to me on one and a half or two. But sometimes the podcasts, are, they speak in a slower um, beat that I can listen at one and a half too. And I love to get the information in. And so I love that also dads can listen on the go because I know in the parenting boot camp there's so many moms that sometimes the the dads come in they're like, whoa, this is a lot of estrogen. What's going on here? And so dads can listen on their way to work. Moms can listen on their way to work. They can listen while they're exercising, while they're cl- cooking or cleaning and just being able to see their children for the gifts and the miracles that they are. Because I know, I'm so glad that I had this struggle for as long as I did because it taught me so much. And I went from so much struggle. Then I went in what Brooke Brooke Castillo, I don't know if you listen to her podcast, it's amazing. She calls the river of misery. And that's the place between where you are and where you want to be. And that river of misery lasted for a while for me. But I also realized, I was like, wait a minute. I had, I read The Conscious Parent. I was like, wait a minute. Are you like, I thought it was Lillian Grady this whole time. And I was so relieved that because I was trying to control the universe for so long and it wasn't working. I was trying to control Lily, trying to control Grady. And they're very both strong-willed children with opinions and very, very factual about how they feel about what things need to be done. And so I was, I spent years trying to control them and, and mold them. And I thought that was my job. And then it was like, I read the, I I read the book and I was like, wait a minute, this is everything I did in the schools. This is, this is, oh my God, wait. And I was like, I went through a little guilt. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's me. Oh my gosh, it's me. Oh my gosh, it's me. And then I, it was like a lightning bolt hit me. I was like, wait a minute, wait a hot stinking minute. Hold the phone. What's going on? If I'm the problem, then I'm the solution. Are you kidding me? This is where empowerment comes in. Because I didn't need to mold and change Lily and Grady. I didn't need to change control the universe. I just had to control my side of the street. And so I took all that controlling Kelly energy that I had and I just turned it all towards me. And I didn't do it in a way of not being good enough and beating myself up because I have been doing these parenting boot camps for five years now. So working in the schools for 15, 20 years and then helping all those parents and now doing parenting boot camps every single month for five years. Since 2014, I started it. So whatever the math is when you're listening, the reach that I've had has been so amazing. And literally, I have them fill out a survey at the beginning of every parenting boot camp. And every single 99.9% of people tell me, I love my kids so much, Kelly. But I feel so much guilt every single day because I can't stop yelling at them. And they're not listening to me. So if they would listen to me, then I wouldn't have to yell. And so they're in this, like, I call it the crazy cycle because it's like they, they don't listen. So then the yelling happens and then they don't listen some more. So then there's more yelling. And so it seems like the yelling gets higher and higher because a yelling at level, let's just call it level one yelling. That's going to work for a little bit. Then it's going to have to go to level two. Like, oh, mom's mad. And so we're actually training our kids not to listen until we yell. And then it goes from level one to level two to level three. And it keeps going and going. And as you get older, I mean, you can only see where that pattern is going to go. And so I love being able to help parents get off the crazy cycle and get onto the energy cycle. Because those same kids that used to drain me and I would wait by the door for David to get home so I could tap out and run to Walgreens to buy tampons because I knew he wasn't going to buy the tampons. He'd be like, no, that's you. 
that same girl who was so drained and exhausted and on eggshells and so drained by her kids was like all of a sudden on this energy cycle where the kids were giving me energy and I was giving them energy and we were like feeding off each other. And so I want to go over that with you and teach you all the things because I want you to have the lightness in your home. And that's why I call this harmony in the homes. And this does not mean perfection in the homes because I tried to be the perfect mom for so many years. And that's exactly what led to all of my stress. And I beat myself up and I was so hard on myself. I feel emotional thinking about it because, because I was so hard on myself and I was always coming from a place of lack and always coming from a place of not feeling good enough. And so when I was parenting from that place, I was so afraid all the time of messing it up that I was parenting from that fear-based place. And that's where I was messing it up because I was parenting from so much fear and lack and not good enoughness that I was pulling from an empty well. There was nothing there to pull from because I was always coming from that place. And so I was using my kids almost as a pawn to fill up my emptiness and my not good enoughness and to make me feel like a good mom. So I needed them to behave and act and be in a certain way for me to feel a certain way. And in hindsight, that was so much emotional responsibility that I was putting on those sweet little souls that are just trying to figure out how to drink out of a sippy cup. And here I am going, make me feel like a good mom. Make me feel like a good mom. Act, behave, do, act, behave, do, act, behave, do. I was so triggered all the time and I just wanted them to be happy because I thought if my kids are happy, then there's my report card that I'm doing a good job as a mom. Easy enough, right? And I remember one time, this was like another lightning bolt moment. We went on a, um, a play date and it was uh, with Lindsay Mannerings, who I'm sure is listening. Hi, Lindsay. I'll never forget this. And it was at the, the Naples Park there, North Naples Park. And literally Lily was, she was the type of kid who was like, I always said she wanted to climb back on my uterus and like live there. And she was like three. She hung, she was a leg clinger and she was a code red clinger. Like she never, ever, ever left my leg. And then I, the more I, she was holding on to my leg and very insecure. And like, I was like, I need a confident child. Like I, so I would like push her out into the wolves. I'm like, go play, go play, go play. I need to socialize her more. I need to socialize her more. And she was very like shy and introverted and I would not describe her as that now, but at the time she was very much like that. And so I was always trying to push her away to go play, go play, go play, go socialize, slide down the slide. And she never did. And so she was crying, crying, crying. And I remember being on this play date and I was so embarrassed. I was so worried about what the other moms were thinking about me. I was like, they're going to think like, wow, she's a teacher and a counselor. Like she really doesn't have it together. Her kids are really out of control. And so I remember being crying the whole way home. I remember calling my sister going, I think there's something wrong. Like there's just something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I didn't know if it was wrong with me. I really thought there was something wrong with my kids for a very long time. I was like, it can't be me, please. You know, look at, look at me. I'm with experience. I really thought there was something wrong with them. And there was something from lacking within me that they couldn't get from me. So essentially it was my fault. And I remember calling my sister and just bawling my eyes out because I was so embarrassed about what they thought about me. And I remember, you know, 
lecturing Lily on the way home because I would lecture the whole, I would, you know, give them the whole spiel the whole way. This is what I expect of you. This is the behavior. And I would give them all the, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. I mean, the poor kids are like one, two and four and they're like, have a laundry list of all the expectations. Like don't mess it up people. Cause you have to make mom look like a good mom. It was really all about me. If you, if you're listening, like reading between the lines or listening between the lines, it was all about me. It was all about me and the way I looked based on my kids. And I remember being in the car and I remember just laying into Lily going, you know, I try to take you someplace at fun places and I just want you to be grateful. And, you know, I just want you to be happy. We're the happy Hutchison's. And she's crying her eyes out because, of course, parents, kids, you have to know that kids do not want to disappoint their parents. That is like like when I was growing up, my parents were and are the most amazing human beings on the planet and the most amazing parents. They literally, if they just said the D word, Kelly, we're very disappointed in the decision you made. It was like, I'd rather them take me in a pep rally in the middle of my high school and spank me and yell at me and embarrass me. I mean, there was nothing worse than the D word. And so just know that your kids are always looking at you and they're asking you the same thing. Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I whole? And we're looking at our kids going, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I whole? And our kids are looking at us going, that person hung the moon. That person is amazing. I just want her to feel the same way about us. And so it's crazy how we're always thinking the same thing subconsciously to each other. And so I remember saying like, we are the happy Hutchinsons and we just need to be happy. You need to be happy. And I just, I put such a price tag on happiness. And she said to me as she's crying through her eyes, she's like, I don't want to be the happy Hutchinsons anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? But what she was saying to me is, mom, I don't need to be happy all the time. This is not about you. Would you wake up, please? And that was an awakening moment. All these little moments. I've had lightning bolt moments and I've had aha moments. I've had moments that give me that little buzz. I've had, you know, moments that have really woken me up and then ones that have like kind of startled me. And so I'm going to share all of those throughout the podcast and talk about how I became a conscious parent. And then I became a conscious wife. I became a more conscious person and my relationship with myself improved. And it's not going to be all about me. I want to share my journey and my vulnerabilities so you can hear your story through my story. So I'm going to give you tons of tips, tons of strategies, teach you how to detach, teach you how to become a conscious parent, how to become a conscious wife if you're married or a conscious husband if you're married how to have a conscious relationship with yourself. And then it even goes further, like how to have a better relationship with your home. Like my relationship with my home before it used to cause me so much stress and anxiety because there was always something to do. There was always clutter and there was so much stuff. And I never realized how symbolic that my home and the chaos and the clutter was symbolic of the chaos and the clutter going on inside. And once I cleaned up the chaos and clutter inside my heart, inside my brain, and I started working on my mindset and doing personal development and listening to a book a week on personal development and listening to podcasts and teaching other people, that it was like I just felt the ego and my fear all shedding away slowly but surely. And you just have to know that this is always a journey and not a destination. And you can't be in a hurry to get there because if you're in a hurry, then you're going to think that there's a right way and a wrong way. Because I don't want you to look at me and put me on any pedestal and think that I'm a parent expert for your kids because no one knows your kids as well as you do. And that's the beauty of this. So I went to a Tony Robbins event calling Unleash the Power Within. 
amazing event. And he really was, he, he was saying, I'm not your guru. His Netflix series is I'm not your guru. And his point in that is he's trying to unleash the power within ourselves. So then we can be our own guru. And so I want to give that same gift to you. I want to give you the lightning bolt moments. I want to give you the ahas. I want to give you the, the, the clicks. You're going to get clicks and you're going to get little clicks and you have to keep showing up because you show up for the relationship with yourself because the relationship with yourself sets the tone for all the other relationships. And so then my relationship with my, with my home changed and the relationship with my money changed the relationship with my closet that I'm now working from. My, my closet was like a, a roller coaster of like mess, 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 spend all day to Saturday, gutting and cleaning. Then it'd be clean, clean, clean. And then it would be mess, 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 spend all day. It was like rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And so it's so ironic that I'm actually recording from here because once my relationship with myself cleaned up and my energy for my, and my compassion and the way I talk to myself and I saw what changed within myself. Then I saw it change in all the other relationships. And my life is completely different from when it was when I was so stressed out all the time. And it's so crazy because everything's changed, but nothing has changed. I have the same kids. I have the same husband. I have the same house. I have the same money in my bank account, but everything's changed. And the reason why is because the lens in which I see those different relationships and those different things has completely changed. And I always tell people, it's like I've had LASIK vision for my life. And when you have LASIK vision for your life, it's like you see things differently. And then the way that you're dancing and interacting with that person or that thing or that home is completely different. And then over time, that is mirrored back to you because our children are just giant mirrors to us of where we need to grow. They have their own throbbing spirit living inside of them and they are not, they didn't come from us. They came through us. So they're just a spirit. They're just a soul having human experience just like we are. And we get to share that with them. And so we have 940 Saturdays from the time that they're born to the time that they go to college, that they're in our four walls. I'm really passionate about the harmony in the home and just focusing on the four walls and how do I want to show up and how do you want to show up for those 18 summers and those 940 Saturdays? And I don't count the Saturdays like a doom and gloom. My life's going to be over after those 18 years. I count those Saturdays because I want to remind myself and I want to remind you how quick and how fleeting all of this is. And so we get to show, we get to choose how we want to show up for those 18 summers and those 940 Saturdays. And it's a daily choice every single day. What energy do we want to bring to this relationship? Do we want to spend those 940 Saturdays yelling and screaming and lots of tension? Or do we want to have love and compassion and empathy and understanding and forgiveness? Because I feel like our home, our four walls, is what they're going to go and duplicate when they become adults and when they create their own lives, when they find their spouse, when they create their four walls. And so it's a legacy that we're going to pass on generation after generation because when the children are little and impressionable, it all is writing on their subconscious. And so then when they get older, they're just going to recreate that. Positive or negative, they're going to recreate it. So a lot of times when I'm thinking about our four walls and how do I want to show up? How do I want to show up in my marriage for, with David? How do I want to show up in a loving way? How do I just want to show up for my kids? And not in a way of like I lose myself, but I actually find myself in my kids. So then when they go off to college and then have their own adult relationships, that I'm still a whole person. And then I'm not getting lost in the kids. I'm not getting, like Dave and I are not are losing ourselves through the kids. And so when they go off to college, it's like, I'm a whole human. David's a whole human. And then Lily and Grady are 
whole humans going off into the world. And so now it's not like I lose them throughout the process and I give up all of everything I wanted, but I find myself in them. And I always am thinking like, what are they seeing in me? I pretend like I'm on a reality show and I have cameras watching me at all times. I have millions of people. I'm on a reality show. And instead of having millions of people, I just think about what are those four eyeballs seeing when they're looking at me, when they're watching me, when, what are they absorbing from me? And so it's not from a place of putting myself under a lot of pressure and in a microscope. It just helps me detach and almost be the watcher of my life instead of being the person in, in fear and anxiety and lack. And then I'm coming from a place of abundance and love and compassion because I'm seeing myself from the outside because I'm seeing myself and I don't have millions watching me, but I have four eyeballs watching me at all times. And even when they're not watching, they're always watching because lessons are always caught and never taught. So I just want to encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, share it with your spouse, share it with your grandparents, share it with your kids if they're older. And I just want to have so much connection with you because I know if I can help you, then I know I'm helping your kids. And that's really my passion in all of this. So thank you for listening. And I can't wait for the next episode. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.